Hey, what is up, everyone? I am Jonathan. I'm here with Jerome and Alex. We are behind the Usher station. And today we're going to be talking about books, movies, books turned into movies, movies turned into books. Is that a thing? We don't know. We'll discuss it all today. So stay tuned. All right, so movies turned into bu- uh, books turns into mo- <laughs> movies turned into books. Well, no, twenty eight days later, what we were discussing in the last podcast uh, was originally just a movie, and then they turned it into a comic book. Most movies get turned into comic books. That yeah, are, like, so not technically, there is a movie turning into John Wick books. is has a comic book now. Huh. I um, still haven't seen John Wick. It's good. I'd like to watch it's it. Fun. I love movies. We should have a John Plus, Wick before there was comic books um, based off movies, they would just sometimes just turn movies into just book form, where it was just book adaptations of the mm-hmm. movies, Actually, and then they would just sell I'm those. I'm not going to lie, so I, uh, the Good Omens, not the Good Omens, the Good Omens. Wait, should we have the podcast on while we're discussing this? I mean, I the mean, podcast is already... Reg- this is on topic. Oh. Why are you going to be meta like that? Like <laughs> the fourth wall. Um... The good, oh, sorry, good I thought omens. we weren't recording. Okay, Jerry Crouchett and Neil Gaiman. I love that book so much, and I was super excited when they made it into a show. Show is a little off from the book, but I still love the show insanely much because of Michael Sheen, Michael Sheen, and uh, David Tennant. They actually all the actors there made the show great. Um, I did buy the book adaptation of the show, mm-hmm. so I actually have two versions basically of the same thing. Which I still love because I love the book and I love the show and it's that same thing where it's like it doesn't match but it's still so good on its own. Mm-hmm. A lot of like I do that. I like the book. I like the movie version of something that was once my favorite book, but I can only like them separately. Like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, my one of my favorite favorite series by Douglas Adams. Love it absolutely so much. I've read that thing so many times. The covers one, the movie with Martin um, Freeman. Awful. It is nothing like the book. It is actually terrible if you compare it to the book. But it is so funny and so much fun. And it's just basically this anxiety-ridden guy in space having to hitchhike everywhere. And he's, like, trying to go with the flow. And he's like, no. No, all of you are insane for trying to go with the flow. He's like, we're being held captive in space jail. Like, this, we should have a reaction. I, uh, that was gonna actually lead, uh, that leads into the question that I had in my head where I was like, uh, since we're... Talking about books turned into movies, what do you uh do you guys prefer when the books or uh, rather when the movies are like word for word or like page for page verbatim like just the book in movie form or do you prefer when they change up some things or maybe take stuff out in the book that maybe was either take too long to explain in a movie or really just isn't necessary to tell the story or anything like that. Well, my thing is I feel like the whole, um, the book was better argument. Um, it really comes down to the fact that you can't really put everything you want from most books into a two hour movie. Um, Sometimes not even in a three-hour movie. <laughs> yeah, because there's so. That's how we ended up. Yeah, go, go on. <laughs> Think about when you when you read a a, a standard like I don't know like three hundred page book. It's gonna take you at least a few hours. Well, depending on few, how fast you read, right? Yeah. If not a few days to get through a movie, you have to it. A movie, it's on a timeline, you know, it's set time. It's two hours and however many minutes or whatever. Um, So when you're visualizing all of that stuff, when you're reading the book and you're you're visualizing everything that's going on, books are always, if the author is good, um, descriptive and you can imagine everything. You can imagine the, the author's world. You can imagine everything that the author is writing about. Movies, you can't really do that a movie is like say you had um say you had a dream and you had a real vivid dream and you're like wow that was a great dream i want to i want to uh make a movie out of this dream and then you make the movie and it's like 
uh, this wasn't like necessarily what I had envisioned it was going to be. Um, that's because in your dreams, you're going to have more like you're going to have more of uh, more visuals, more to imagine. You can um, explore your own world more rather than the confines of like the movie, the sets and everything that's going on. Um, so I think that kind of relates to to how books transfer to movies is you just can't get everything into a movie that you might want to get from the page. I think it's also the creative design. Like you as a reader has compared to what the writer has written down too. Cause we always, you put your, like you were saying, you put your own like thoughts and aspects on it, but that's like from the writer's standpoint to like the character standpoint. Well, I always imagine this character this way when, if they've given no direct like look or anything, and really, they'll change them in the movie, and it's like, oh, well, technically it is more accurate to the book, but, like, I always envision them this way, or, like, a scenery, if you're reading, like, a planet book, a sci-fi book, or something like that, it does differ. I will say, though, um, with the cutting out parts and things like that, the book The Martian by Andy Weir, uh, awesome guy, awesome book, again, one of my favorite books, and now one of my favorite movies, they stuck really well to the book. I wish they hadn't focused on NASA so much in the movie and gave more time to um, the main characters, like um, like space space blog, basically what it was. Uh, I think that's the best way to say it. Because in the book, it was so funny. He just had these like little random times where he would just come in and he'd be like, the Mets suck. Or he'd be like, I died around Thanksgiving. My family probably had to bury me. I'm going to have to do something nice if I ever see them again, don't I? Like, it was just his actual thoughts. When in the movie, you only got to see that once or twice where he's like, well, I almost blew myself up. I'm an idiot. And another time where he's like, oh, I hate the captain's music. It's disco. Disco needs to die. So it was like that. I feel like a lot of his thoughts and, like, his personality of how he was surviving because it was basically he was all alone and speaking to that, like, video camera was, like, his only solace. So I found the importance of that blog, you know, greater than the internal or moral battle that NASA was having because government people kind of suck. For me, it depends on the movie. Like, for example, um, I don't know if you guys remember the movie Jumper with Christian Haydenson. I um, remember the movie. I don't remember anybody in it. He, It's uh, basically a movie about uh, Christian Haydenson's character, uh is fine is that, it, i thought it was hayden christensen hayden christensen thank you Ooh, my bad wrong got an actor's name wrong uh, christian hayden oh, that, that is probably a great actor all right uh, don't you talk smack about christian hayden <laughs> but hayden christensen uh plays a um <laughs> I've been, i'm sorry Alex. i've been hanging around my sister too much and she does that um, hayden christensen plays a character who finds out that he has the ability to teleport and so um, he initially uses it to just, you know, get away from his abusive father and also um, live the good life by robbing banks and becomes like, you know, does the stereotypical thing that you would do if anybody found out they could teleport, right? Uh, but then it becomes this super action-packed sci-fi story in which there's these uh, hunters of jumpers, as they're called, um, played by Sam Jackson, uh, is one of them, and he hunts down Hayden Christensen's character. And it's almost like Sam Jackson's getting revenge for Hayden Christensen being in <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> I feel he... like you can't ever escape that. <laughs> um, it's just in, in Revenge of the Sith, if you haven't seen a Star Wars movie, he's the reason Sam Jackson gets killed. <laughs> so it's almost like payback. But... In the book of Jumper, like, you know, it's this generic sci-fi story for uh, the movie. And in the book, it's this really deep and interesting story about this kid who discovers he has superpowers. And he really is, like, the only one um, who can teleport until he has kids later on in the series. Well, in, and, the, uh, in the movie, he, he meets other people like him. That's the thing. There are no other people like him in the original book series. They. Um, so, do you think that made it better or worse? I think it made it worse because it kind of it it it, de- it um, makes the what makes David special 
kind of diminishes it a little bit. And also, um, the reason I, I think it diminishes it is because in the book, because he's the only one, it's that same thing like Spider-Man, where it's like with great power comes great responsibility. And so David, when he's like, at first, when he's a kid, he uses it to like rob banks and stuff and get himself like in a good place because he's living on his own. He escapes his dad. But his abusive dad but then after a while like when he as he gets older he realizes like i have a superpower and there are some bad people out there like people who are terrorists people who are criminals like i could probably do some good but it doesn't become like your stereotypical superhero story where you like makes a costume and then like fights crime in the shadows it's just whenever he hears about stuff yeah. he tries his best to like help out or whatever and that's near the end of the book on on and on top of that he also because he finds his mother is the other big plot point in the story yeah well she's actually trying to kill him right no in their book in the movie she's like she's part of the organization in the book she's just she just left her abusive uh husband and couldn't and was abandoned her child and was like she was in a well i think she's worse in the book then where she couldn't or and she feels bad like in fact as soon as she meets david in the book like she's like super sorry and she's and they try to reconcile and the day they're supposed to meet she gets killed by a terrorist because she's on a plane that gets hijacked and blown up and that starts a whole thing where david's like it's always the mother's I, death. I'm going to start fighting crime. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to lie. If I had a superpower, totally be a supervillain. I've even spoken to A my, lot of people would, I, though. That's not like I actually talked bad, to my mom you know? about it. No, but I talked to my mom about it. And I told her that. She's like, oh, I don't approve. But you know, whatever makes you happy. And then I'm like, yeah, you always see somebody, you know, death of a parent or, or a loved one. And then they go either to hero or supervillain. I'm like, I want to be a supervillain. She's like, well, you don't have to wait for me to die. Those were actual words from my mother. You don't have to wait for me to die. She's like, just don't kill people. Plus, some them. people just become like the Joker. Where it's like, I didn't need anybody to die for me. I'm just crazy. I feel like some gene, I think he would have even died eventually. <laughs> at the they let that go really quick. I I feel like a a popular um thing in Hollywood is to make a resurgence um of a particular book that has been turned into a movie. So if it, what I'm trying to say is uh, if it hasn't been turned into a movie in a while, they'll turn it into a movie. Again, um, sometimes it flops. Sometimes it gets uh, critical acclaim, but it's like nowhere in between. Like Dracula. Yeah, I was or actually going to say, you know what we should have like, watched? Like, if we were going to tie a movie into this, you know what we should have done is right. go see The Invisible Man that just came out. That's true. It was a book, and now it's the the movie. It's a it's a, a different version of it, an adaptation, like or not an adaptation, but a, a reimagining. Mm-hmm. But still. It's it's supposed to be inspired by the H.G. Wells story. I the think all she had to do was spray some baby powder. They do explain. She has a couple scenes where she like, you no, know, because uncovers right, him with right, like go, paint and stuff, like from the trailers like, that they've shown. So. Paranormal activity, like throw baby powder on the ground. There's footprints right there. They mm-hmm. did in Paranormal Activity, right? But she could have easily gotten fingerprints from him at any time because he was constantly grabbing stuff. His fingerprints are invisible. Mm. They're still there. It's a pressure of just putting it on a glass. To be Wait, fair, we, we can't. Seen, we, yeah, haven't we haven't seen the movie, movie but, so you can't say that he but, actually touches anything that you can get a, a fingerprint off of. Nor that he leaves it around for her to even get that chance. Because if he grabs a knife, I am sure he's. Oh yeah, see you running with, around an invisible, uh, just a knife going like like jumping because no, he's running. No, it's just you take it with you, and then when you get far enough away, chuck that. Is his clothes <laughs> invisible too? Or is this man just running around naked? That's always well. My we question. don't have the answer in, in, in this movie. Stories. Well, no, in the because original visible. Uh, yeah, man, the original. He's just naked. He, he's naked. He wears clothing, and then he wears so you can see it. Actually, mm-hmm. there was like the Invisible Man, and then with Kevin Bacon. Halloween. Halloween. It was Invisible Man. It was, but the the they title was called The Hollow Man. In case anybody wants to see it. Um, um, and then they made this one. But the, the the one I was mainly referring to, or some of the ones. Uh, like Little Women. Oh, yeah. Love Little Women. Pride and Prejudice, too. Mm-hmm. They've remade that a couple um, times. Great Gatsby. The Great Pride Gatsby and Prejudice. Sure. The original. The one, yeah. The one with. Um, oh, what's her name? You guys know that better than me, do. What's her name? 
What does she look like? I haven't watched any of the Pride and Prejudice. Really? I just know they exist. I've never um, seen a single one. The one with one. Colin Firth, I like... I, I like it, but it's not the best one. The one with... um, Oh, hell. She plays in Anna Karina. I'm naming these movies you guys haven't seen, have you? You know what was it? While well, you look for that... Oh, it's you... in 2005. It was with um, Keira Knightley. Oh, oh Keira Knightley. Is that one? That's why she was a I was an extra in a movie with her. Yeah, that's true. And we have a What was she like? Was she cool? She was uh shorter than I thought um she was going to be, but she seemed uh very friendly. We made awkward eye contact multiple times. She seems like that always awkward, awkward when you're like you're not trying to stare at somebody. It just happens that your eyes connect and then you can't not it makes you seem like you're like staring you know, the whole what time. What I really liked about that movie is cuz uh, the guy who they had playing Mr. Darcy, he had the awkward essence that was Mr. Darcy. It's pretty much he was just like wanting to dance, but then he's like, "Oh, dancing's just stupid." And she's like trying to be like, oh, let's dance together. And he like likes her. And then she's like, he's like, no dancing, stupid. And she's like, well, screw you then. Like, and then he's like, oh, damn it. <laughs> like, I don't know how to talk to her. Um, I did like the Pride and Prejudice of 2005. I find that really good. Same with like Little Woman. I really love the Little Woman with uh, Winona Ryder. Mm, I remember I watching that as a kid with my mom. And I just, I think it may be more nostalgic than anything. Mm. They and say the new one's really good. The new one is, I think, visually beautiful, but I still like the original. Mm. There's something just classic about the original one with Nona Ryder. Mm. I do like, uh, speaking of Harry Potter, I was going to say, Emma Watson mm-hmm. was in Harry Potter, which is another book that was turned into a series of film. I like it, and I don't like how they split the ending like that. Into two movies. Well, that's what that's what they were doing with everything at the time. Like they did that with Harry Potter. They did that with Twilight. They did. I that think with Harry Potter was Hunger the first Games. one to do it yeah. though, and I, I think know. Harry Potter justified having it because the book was the last book in that series was pretty long, and there was just a lot that's true to go the over. Books kept getting thicker and thicker. Right. Um, with the Hunger Games, I think it was mildly justified because in the first one it was more like the ser- the ending series. The first one was more uh, about political stuff and the revolution in the second one more about the fighting and then the revolution. I think the only problem was like the movie when they split into two it felt like the no. first one felt like the last like 30 40 minutes could have easily just been tacked on to the second movie because there's a lot of that setup that yeah, just feels like people just getting into out. the fighting yeah yeah where so it's there doing the cheering and the whole not thing. that it was bad it was just it was just a lot of like okay are we getting to any type of like thing right now <laughs> let's let's talk about the fact that um going off of speaking of you know hunger games and twilight and harry potter have you noticed that that trend has like died off quickly of like these teenage series it, movies? well it died ha- with divergence yeah that, that's what i was about to because say divergence is stupid well that and i also think i think I, I was, people were catching on at that point that it's like Wait a minute. Yeah. This is all the same crap. <laughs> it's basically a dystopia well, think, with a I teenage think, hero. I think teens would, would would buy anything, you know, would watch anything, but Well, it gives them I'm not get, I'm not like bashing teen books. I don't read them anymore. I find more fun in something know. just mildly more challenging, but teen books have tend to be have more heroes and heroines. And I like kind of more depressing books. And I think that's a lot to do with me personally. I but but I think it's good. Teen books are really great because they do have heroines and heroes of that age range and it kind of shows kids, hey, you're not powerless. I think the I think the reason one of the reasons why the trend died is because now there is Netflix. People aren't necessarily flocking to the theater to give that's these people true. their money. Especially teens. Teens are like one of the biggest Netflix like uh, oh, su- yeah. subscriber they don't have groups. To go out exactly, they don't have to pay. Well, they have to pay money, but it's probably through their parents' Netflix account. Also, they, also, I was so they say, don't have to. They don't have to like um, go through any yeah, like, like uh, payment process. Like the book, like P.S. Uh, P.S. I love you, or, or not P.S. I love you. No, um, to all the oh, boys I love. Yeah. And yeah, then the next one that's come out now is P.S. I still love you. Right. Yeah. Um, 
But, and that's kind of the new like teen. Yeah. Heart but I will heart. say it hasn't died completely either because now the movies aren't. It's the post-apocalypse and we're dying, but we should still fall in love. Now it's I'm dying from cancer or some type of other no, illness, no, and no, we no. should still love each other. But I feel like those movies haven't, haven't been, be haven't loved, been doing though. well. See, I think yeah. one of the reasons I, I think it's like because they movies. you can tell it's like. It's a marketing thing of them just making, trying to make another they're, Fault in Our they're, Stars. They're finding mm-hmm. the most popular book and being like, oh, we'll make it into a movie. Doesn't necessarily mean it's like going to become a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like, Wrinkle in Time. There's a lot of high hopes for that film. Visually, very beautiful. Fell flat, though. I, not, I hate the people good. who keep I bringing think, up, it's like, you only hate it because it's directed by a woman. I'm like, no, it's just... Uh, no, she's a, a no, she's a, she's a great director. But she was not in her genre. Yeah. They chose her, I think, because she was a female and they have a mainly female cast. And I hate to say it, but I think that's the reason she was chosen for that job. And it sucks because she's such a talented director. And all the actresses and actors they got are extremely talented, but they all did not fit together because they all don't fit in that same genre. Yeah, and that script just Although, didn't, I will it say didn't cater Mindy, to... Mindy Kingling? Mindy Kaling, she will fit into anything. I love her. Well, She's it's fantastic. just Mindy Kaling was a perfect thing. example. Like she was a great character. I, I think of when I think of Mindy Kaling in that movie, it's the same thing I feel about Kate McKinnon in Ghostbusters. Oh, absolutely. Where I was like, you're a great actress who clearly is very talented, can do drama and comedy. Yeah, you but you're not given great material to yeah. use to really like show your talents. Absolutely. In this I project, totally you know, one uh, young adult book. That was turned into a great movie. Hmm. The Hate You Give. I still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen it either. It's a really good movie. And I recommend it to anybody um, who... You you have to put on your, you know, your emotional... uh, (laughs) You have to put up some emotional, you know, uh, safeguards. But Let me Um, ask you... uh, Wait, wait. Really quick. Sorry, go ahead. Um... One of the books that were turned into movies that are really emotional, you guys probably won't find it, is called P.S. I Love You with Hilary Swank and um, Jeff, uh, Gerard Butler. I knew that was one. I was like, P.S. I Love You I, is a book, though. Yeah, right. It, it movie, is a book. Right? The movie has made me cry. I'm not going to lie. That is a like total chick flick. That makes it's sense. stupid, but I love it. And then uh, Kieran actually recommended oh you should read the book you'll start crying right away and i'm like that's terrible of course i'm gonna get the book now i got the book literally half a chapter in i start getting teary-eyed it's hard to read this book because i can't see it that book is stained with my tears <laughs> now and i'm like it is so much more stronger and emotional because in the movie hillary hillary swing's character kind of is selfish mm-hmm. she's kind of horrible don't spoil the ending i, I i'm still he's I'm... dead <laughs> Technically, that's at the beginning. Um, <laughs> Hillary Swing's character in the movie t- feels a little more selfish. She's a little more horrible, but the whole story together is so good. But again, going down to just the character in the movie, they made her more selfish. It made her kind of a horrible friend. One friend gets pregnant, another one gets proposed to, and she's like, well, it's no longer about me. How dare everybody? Um, but in the book, it's not that way. She's a more more accept not acceptable but more caring friend and that's what makes it harder she cares about the people around her but you can feel the depression she's in from the morning of her husband and then him being in her life the way that he has made it is like well i understand you're trying to help her go on and you feel like you're the only one that can do that but at the same time you're making her hold on to such a strong pass and it's just a real emotional roast i blame kieran for that Absolutely. Second page in, I was just like, I feel everything. Um, I was going to say, which this is two things that tied into it, because now you saying that reminded me of another movie. But also, it ties into my question that I was going to have for you guys, where I was like, uh, how do you feel when you watch something that you don't know is based off a book or any really type of other type of media? And then you find out and you're like, oh man, now I have this extra thing to go like research or like read or watch or whatever. The Martian. Yeah, I watched the movie and I was like, holy hell, I really, really liked this. And I was telling somebody, like, the movie's so good. They're like, what do you think of the book? And I'm like, I didn't even know there was a book. So, of course, I bought the book, like, literally that same day. And I read it. I was like, holy hell, I love the book. Mm. I, I, don't, gonna... I don't feel any different because I just watched the movie 
I find out there's a book that is based on the book, I'll usually go on the Wikipedia and be like, oh, these were good people. Who are these people? Um, I read about the movie, you know, production and everything. Oh, it was based on a book? Oh, okay, cool. Move on with my life. Because <laughs> I feel like if I, I don't know, if I if I watch something and I find out, and, and I determine for myself that I really like it and it's really good, then I, I usually don't want to like, tamper with that experience mm. by incorporating something for else for me it. i was going to mention a movie that i really enjoy i don't know if i'll watch it again because it's a rough one to get through um like like i just like just put it on but um room was a great movie mm-hmm. I, I, did, I, yeah, I, I did not know was, that was based a off a book i've been yeah. watching I've watched like the first two minutes on Netflix. It's hard. And then, well, <laughs> well, well I, I didn't. I didn't quit it because because of that reason. But I can see like why other people could. But I, I just had to do something else, and then never got back to watching it. But I, that is on my list. It's a good movie, and it's a hard watch, especially if you have kids. <laughs> yeah i think think it's even harder you're saying that Um, from you sound like you're saying that from the experience that you have i don't have kids but i can just imagine if you Um, have a especially if you have a son and you're watching room you're just like definitely don't leave me no definitely going off of that me and my so uh my sister's keeper is such a good movie um it's got that oh I can't, I can't remember actors and actresses named. Is um, that that movie with the little girl who has cancer, uh, cancer. and then her sister's That was also made. a great movie. It is yeah. such a good movie. And it's, a, it's not funny, but it's a little funny. Me and my sister actually had a huge fight that day. And my mom's just like, watch the movie. And we're like, fine. So we're on the end of the couch and we're just kind of pissed at each other still. I'm not refusing to talk. Throughout the whole movie, we keep moving closer. And then we're eventually just crying and hugging each other. And I'm like, I love you. I'll give you a kidney if you need one. <laughs> my sister was a heavy drinker at the time. I'm not going to lie. And she's like, I can't really give you any body part, but I still love you too. <laughs> now, um, I actually have a little bit of a messed up liver. Not from drinking from eating unhealthy um she has stopped drinking and i'm like well now you're the one with a healthy liver so you're gonna need to give it to me and she gets <laughs> offended by that apparently i can't just go and claim a liver <laughs> you can't claim a body part of your in a long time but, though, but it's a good one it's yeah. a really good one but the book uh again i didn't know it was based off a book the book is way sadder um I don't think you guys are probably going to read the book. The book actually goes, spoiler alert, the movie ends with the sister who has cancer dying and the sister who had the legal action against her parents gets the right to own her own body, basically. Mm-hmm. And the lawyer's like, well, you know, you have to go to bed when they tell you, but if you don't want to get the flu shot, they can't make you, is what his example is. But in the movie, um, or in the book, sorry, the sister who gets cancer, who has cancer, actually survives... And goes into remission and is okay. While the sister who is going in court, finally when she explains to her parents what's going on, on her way home, she actually gets into a car accident and dies. So it's even harder. She finally had the chance to live her own life, be separate from her sister, and it's completely just taken from her. And and that moment in that book just gives you chills because you're just like, no, she's one, so young, and two, she finally gets to be her own human being and then the life is just ripped. While the sister... Who you kind of end up, I won't lie, you end up presenting a little bit. Because she's literally had all her mother's basic love. The son has been ignored. You know, the dad has tried so hard to with the other two kids. And the mom's like, no, this is basically my only child that matters. And, you know, who basically took so much from the one child and gave it to the other. You end up presenting her that she gets to survive. You almost feel like, well, she doesn't almost deserve to. But then it's that whole sisterly bond where it wasn't really anything to do with the parents. It was to do with the sister or the sisters in the end. Yeah, no, that movie made me and my sister like ugly cry and hug each other. And we were like, I'm so sorry. I'm such a jerk to you. <laughs> but really it was her fault most likely. Um, I, <laughs> the only movies that I think like, cause books are interesting. Like, you know, standard books, your novellas and stuff. Like it's so interesting to see them be adapted into movies because um, like you were saying earlier, Jonathan, like it really is a book really is, uh, a personal experience just as, as much as it is an outward experience because you're reading something, but because you don't have visuals to go with it in your mind's eye, you have to kind of use your imagination to 
like read what they're saying and then into and however you interpret that is what you visualize as you're trying to read this book where it gets a little tricky for me is uh when you have adaptations of comic books or graphic novels because then it starts to become a thing of like do you do the art that has been made for it because there is a visual aspect to this book so for someone who's read the graphic novel or read the book like they don't need to visualize anything this is what it looks like this is what it's supposed to be like and so when you adapt it and you try to put your own spin on it or whatever i i'm not sure if i'm like as concerned with them having to be as honorable and then when i think of that i think about stuff like superhero um, movies and stuff where you have people get upset because this character doesn't the look like how they render the last airbender for mm-hmm. example is the opposite side of that spectrum where they go way too far left <laughs> like although they tried i will they say did. in the costume <laughs> in the costume design they tried to make it I look think more they tried like the, the book. costume design for I mean, more like the Water Tribe, but not for the Air And Tribe. also, Absolutely that was a cartoon right. before it was a book. But it was, it was I'm just book. saying, there was a visual aspect with the cartoon, and then there was a book, and then they tried to make the movie, and the movie they did not follow. Any other visual, they didn't even follow the right names. But I'm thinking about stuff like, for example, um, when the first X Men movie came out, and uh, everybody gave X Men, like, they were like, we like the movie. But we would like it more if everyone had their costumes and wasn't just walking around in black leather suits mm-hmm. like they were bikers. Do you guys remember, speaking of like cartoons and books, do you guys remember when they would have cartoon episodes and then they would turn those episodes into books? Do you guys remember that? I kind of remember that. I, I remember white. I, I mean, I know of I a like few. You have a vague like, memory of that. I remember I had a few of them. I had like a Hey Arnold one. It had mm. the episode where um, they Arnold and Gerald like go into the sewer and find the, like the sewer king, the guy who's living underneath the sewer, and that was like all written out into a book. You know what? I never thought about how messed up my childhood was, and I think I blame Hey Arnold. <laughs> Because of shit. Yeah, because of crap like that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And they had the pigeon man. Yeah. Because, like, so. I used to. Nobody really knew this, but, like, when everybody would go to school or work, um, I would just go wander around my neighborhood alone at, like, five, six years old sometimes. And I'd be like, hmm. And I'd interact with strange people. And I'd be like, maybe that's why I normalized everything so much. Because it feels like that as a child. But um, no, I know what you're saying where they turn like certain episodes into books and they even added more sometimes. Yeah. And it made it one, longer, yeah. Uh-huh. I had, there was also the, you know, the episode of um, Spongebob where they go to the moon or what oh, they think yeah. is the what moon. Oh, yeah, what they think is the moon and then like uh-huh. kidnap everybody. Right. They turned that into a book and I remember having that as a kid. But I was, I only brought up the graphic novels thing because I wanted to get you guys' opinion on what do you think? Like now that we've all watched it, I know you guys don't read as much comic books as I do, but just as a, as a person who's like seen a lot of comic book movies, do you think people should be that holden to that visual? I think for certain characters, yes, because their costume really represents who they are. Like Spider-Man. It is constantly seen how much his costume means to him and how much it represents him. Same with like Iron Man and like Batman. But, like, when it's a whole group like that, they're not personally designing their own costumes, are they? What, for, like, X-Men? Yeah. Are yes. They? In the book? Really? Mm-hmm. I think but when they... it's a group, it's kind of harder because it's then they have to show that they're a group. They're a team. So they have to have matching costumes compared mm-hmm. to, like, in the comic where you can really focus on the individual. And the way in, like, the X-Men, the only real individual, they were all new, but the only real, like, one that was separate from the group was, like, Wolverine. Well, they all had unique costumes, and the only thing that kept it together was that they all had... Because uh, originally, the original X-Men all had uniforms, for sure. Um, then the 90s came, and they, they're the ones that made like the Wolverine costume. Cyclops had his own costume. Jean Grey looked like nobody else. I, Gambit had his own costume. Like That's when it was the, the decade so, of the individualistic X-Men. Right, which were they were trying to base off every character on their own individuality. Yeah. But like when you're talking about the X-Men, of course you're going to have to have them as a team costume. And I feel like a lot of times with the group superheroes, 
unless you have their original story first, their costumes aren't as big a part of them. I do agree that with like Storm, her hair being really white mm-hmm. was a big part of her character, and they needed to keep that in there. Um, and like things like I think more facial characteristics and things like that were more important because it clearly showed like their connection to the power with Wolverine and his unnecessary big sideburns. Yeah, his were wild necessary hair. to him. <laughs> were necessary to him. So you're saying like the <clears throat> the like standout characteristics. Yeah. Well like we all change our body appearances to feel to show who we are inside. Like I got tattoos a lot because I enjoy them and I feel like they can show more of who I am personally. And I admit I'm a little standoffish. <laughs> I may I'm a little awkward. I make people uncomfortable sometimes. I'm weird and uncomfortable. Um, but my sh- tattoos can really show and represent that, hey, I'm a shark. I may, I may, like the shark on me. I may look a little rough, but actually, you know, I'm just a fish swimming in water. Or my rubber ducky. I'm not that mean. I got a little duck on me. Like, how threatening is that? Um, so I think it's more of those indiv- individual characteristics than the actual whole costume, especially when they're constantly fighting in a group together. Um, like with like the Justice League and the Avengers, when you're showing those in comic books, it's really neat to see that big group photo of all the individual. But at the same time, you kind of get lost, and it's almost like find Waldo when you're trying to find a specific character. Be like, mm-hmm. eh, I know he's in there. I know what his costume looks like, but it's kind of like all mushed together. What do you guys think about movies that are loosely based on I books? This. I. I you mean like every Disney film ever? <laughs> <laughs> I used to get so I used to get in trouble with that because my mom let me read the real fairy tales when I was younger, or told me about the real fairy. She's like, you know, there's some other adaption of this, and I would read them um, because I was left alone at my local library. We can find many different books. <laughs> Is this a promo? Yeah, that for was a promo. KCLS? The local, yeah, the local libraries are dying. They need to be. They need to be. Uh, so now she, you're she, doing she, the sponsorship oh, yeah, thing. She would, yeah, she would go grocery shopping. King and County then, Library System, please. We're looking for sponsorships. So if they you can't want to sponsor, well, the more expensive library. When, when my mom would go grocery shopping, she would just let me wander in the library alone, which I know how that sounds, but it was good because I started reading uh, more advanced books at a younger age. Um, and reading those fairy tales where I learned about like the real Cinderella, the real Snow White, and I learned why they were written the way they were written. Like Beauty and the Beast was actually written to help people at the uh, basically women at that time become okay with arranged marriages. That's the original point of Beauty and the Beast, and she actually had like seven sisters. Apparently, pointing that out to other children is not okay. And pointing out that the stepsisters were cutting off their own feet and they got their eyes pecked out the stepmother by birds is also not okay. The singing bird shouldn't be pecking people's eyes out. I just, I you should have been one. It's of not the, okay for a ten-year-old to tell other ten-year-olds. Real quick, know. you should have been one of those kids on Reading Rainbow. Remember Reading Rainbow? No, I never watched Reading Rainbow. I watched the Library <laughs> Lions. Flies in the sky. Yeah, great song. I can go twice as high. It sounds like a stoner a song. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm like, I, I was going to continue, but... I'm not, like, trying to be offensive or anything, but I feel like a lot more black people watch that show than, like... I mean, it did have a black I feel like it was a diverse Hispanic. audience. Was it, though? Every time somebody has brought out that show to me, they have been a, a black person. Okay, well, I've... I've never heard a, a Latin person bring it up. And I feel like white people only knew, know it from, like, community, really. That one character was obsessed with it. Who was the black character? Let's do a poll out there, okay? All How many people know about Reading Rainbow audience. who's not black? Yes. <laughs> Is that a discriminatory like... <laughs> But I will say, the host was black. I remember watching yeah. as a kid and being like, that black man knows what's up. He likes to read. I watched I watched uh, li- the Library Lions. Between the Lions? Between okay, the but Lions between was the good. Lions. Between the Lions was my jam. I used, I used to, to like love that one, too. Between the Lions. See, those, those people were lions. Between the Lions. I'm not a lion. 
Anyway. Yeah, but you're brown-skinned. You know what I mean? Okay. We have brown-skinned no, no, no. lines. No, I, I resemble the lines more because they were golden fur and I'm gold. I listen. Anyway. I relate them to I I've, I've watched Lion King enough to know there's sometimes golden-skinned lions and then there's also these brown for lions. They're more and, uh, red. That's more native. And though, Lion uh, King kept trying to say that the brown skinned lions are definitely dangerous. That's why in Lion King 2, Simba don't want his daughter dating what's his face. Because he's like, he's black and he don't belong in this drum, household. Drum. Lions do not have damn ethnicities, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what y'all say. Lion King 2 is about race relations and I want everybody to know it. Um... It's a Romeo and Juliet story, right? I think you're taking it that way. I took it as Romeo and Juliet. Jonathan, what were you going to say? Let's end this. I was just going to talk about Between the Lions. I watched... (laughs) Between the Lions is great. I used to love... It's a good show. I watched... There's a YouTube video. I'll I'll link it um, somewhere. But there's a YouTube video that talks about the history of that show. The show actually got um, canceled a couple times before it got renewed. Um... At one point, because it was like too expensive to produce, then they ended up going with this like different studio. Yeah, because they had like it wasn't just the lions. I mean, they had multiple uh-huh. yeah, a lot characters. Of puppets and yeah, characters. they had a lot of puppets. It's probably is the reason I like puppets. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I oh I was mention. gonna say Go sorry ahead. I was gonna say that um when like I I feel like anything that's loosely based off of a book is um. On one hand, you could say it's a cop-out, but on the other hand, like, because they're just trying to use the marketing of how popular that book is, necessarily, so that they can, like, help sell the movie even better. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it could also be a thing where it's just like, look, the idea is way too similar for us not to just admit, like, we based our idea off of this book. It's just like The Invisible Man, like... On one hand, they could uh, they could have put that movie out and called it anything else. I don't know what they would have called it, but they could have called it Hollow Man, maybe Hollow Man. Um, But then they would have they would have had to like at least in an interview or something be and like if someone was like, "Is this based off the Invisible Man though?" Because I mean, it's just an Invisible Man, and he's just like, "Yeah." So I mean, just to save his cut their losses, they're probably like either like. The choices from a marketing standpoint, I could see them being like, either we're going to have to call it the Invisible Man because that's what it is, mm-hmm. or we're going to have to at least admit that it is based off H.G. Wells' story because it's just too similar. I mean, you could say that about like pretty much like Lion King 2. It's kind of based off Romeo and Juliet. So there's a lot of movies and films that... Movies and films are kind of the same thing. There are a lot of films... Um, there's a lot of media. There's a lot of media based off like Shakespeare's work. Um, the first Lion King was based off of Hamlet. Mm-hmm. It was loosely based off of Hamlet. Is Shakespeare Uncle? public domain? It is. Because it was written so long ago? Um, I believe so. Because Shakespeare... I don't like how people are like, Shakespeare is like, high work, blah, blah, blah. No, he was a playwriter of the people. He made a lot of dick jokes. <laughs> the guy was a drunk and he had fun and he wanted mean he, he wanted to some good books though. no well, good well, stories he- i mean hemingway but he wrote a lot of stories meant for the common man to understand before then then he started writing higher and higher work because he wanted the queen to come see his work but shakespeare's works a lot of the movies and you see are loosely based off of that uh-huh. like much ado about nothing um mid Midsummer's Dream. Just recently, yeah. uh, or where, I don't know if it's based oh, off Shakespeare, but um, I think it was another one with Karen Knightley, where this girl loves this guy, or you know, falls in love with this guy, and but he falls in love with the friend instead. And it's this whole mix-up about who really loves who. That's based solely off Midsummer's Dream. It's an awful, awful movie, and I can't really remember it. But I remember her hitting That's the guy with a tennis racket. It it's bad. And the only thing I remember <laughs> is her like hitting. Uh, they're like playing tennis and like she whips the ball basically at the poor guy she says she's in love with and like bruises his noggin mm. it's like when that's abuse is never a good way to show somebody you love you should never do that but th- but that's it uh shakespeare's work is a lot of movies are loosely based on him i feel like now it's nowadays it's kind of hard to um because 
Shakespeare's work has been done so much over the many years that it has been available. So it's kind of hard to adapt it in other ways. So now when we well, have like Shakespeare movies, it's either like it's either it either flops or like yeah, mostly flops. I think it's they try because to, mean they girls, try to adapt it. Mean Girls is loosely based off the Shakespeare play of Emma. Mm-hmm. It's a new girl moving into a new town and there's people who are basing her off of her wealth or her status or who she is and they kind of take her in but kind of mock her at the same time i think it depends on what you're trying to do too because like for example west side story is a great adaptation of trying to do romeo and juliet and also still do it as like a musical or a play but then like if you're just like if you're just gonna do something as simple as it's shakespeare but in space it's like Mm -hmm. okay but is the space aspect the only thing that's different um... like you gotta Sleeping Beauty in Space. What's that movie with uh, Chris Pratt and um, Jennifer? Beauty. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, it's not. That's not so much Sleeping her Beauty. Her name is actually Aurora. That's you cannot true. Tell me oh. But he wakes her that up. That movie that flopped. And she's awake for the whole movie. <laughs> it started with an A. Or Passengers. 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 Yes. Um, but her name was literally Aurora. They made it that it's loosely based off of Sleeping Beauty. Mm. I feel like it does and. We should probably wrap up. Yeah, we act, I was going to start wrapping <laughs> oh, wait, up, but then quick, you an, another out, so movie that's loosely based on another book is Jurassic Park. It's, that's it's true. Real, it's the book, but apparently the book is you know way better than the movie, and the movie I like a lot. Uh, I really want to. It changes read the book. up the book a little bit, but it's one of those movies that once again it adds the right changes to make it a lot more accessible, right. a lot more fun um, as a movie that it couldn't do as a book. Right, and it's like I think those are those are for me some of the best adaptations when it's like where it takes the they, basic concept, but it yeah. it makes it its own. So it's like yes, we're off the book, but we are our own franchise almost. Yeah, yeah. I think that's cool. Were, were you gonna say something? Uh, well, for well, first I was I'm gonna say the Polar Express. I love the Polar Express. I've never seen too. the Polar Express. I love. Uh, we have I to watch the despite the weird more. CG of George Zemeckis trying to make like human people. In the CG realm, well, the technology just wasn't there at the time. Yeah, because it was the first. It was one of the first movies to to incorporate like motion capture. Mm-hmm. So, but I still love the Polar Express. I still love watching it on Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie, great book for kids. Although I do feel like the Polar Express movie just starts adding stuff that you're just like, all right, this is a bit much. Like, look in the book. I didn't read that as a kid either. Well, in the in the book, the kid just gets on a train. It goes to the North Pole. He meets Santa. He comes back home. That's it. There's That's pretty much this, what happens in the movie. In the movie, they like have this whole adventure in the factory. He meets this homeless dude on the well, top yeah, of the train who's like magic. <laughs> Why is there a homeless dude on the crew? Oh, oh, well, there's there's one scene. The best where... added thing they added was the hot chocolate song. I dig that song. Okay, the, the one <laughs> scene, the scene out of that movie that I really really like is well when they're in like when they break into like Santa's workshop or whatever. But um, I also like the scene where um, the I think her name is Hero Girl in the movie because it's Hero Boy and Hero Girl, mm-hmm. and yeah, because um, they don't have names, right? They don't have names, and then um. She's about to get kicked off the train because she doesn't have her ticket. And you just see the ticket like flying in the snow and you see like the snowball and you just see and it's on the ticket for like just like two minutes and you just see the like progression of where the ticket goes. Mm-hmm. It's one of my it's probably I my love the movie. aspect of the ticket in this story. And it has a great message at the end of it. I also love the music of that movie. Mm-hmm. It is it almost makes me cry every time when I watch it. Because I always I'm always like, Man, I believe it's Santa. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna tell a horrible story. <laughs> but um but with that being said, those are just a few of our favorite books turned into movies. Mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite books turned into movies? Or vice versa as well, like movies that maybe led to like comic books or graphic novels or what have you. Um I actually the uh, also forgot to mention one of my other favorite adaptations, Blade Runner, but that's a different maybe we'll do like a part two. Mm. Like another, I mean, there are a lot of books. There are a lot because there's a lot, or TV shows like, or the comic books turned into shows. Walking Dead is a good example Mm -hmm. of that. So, um, so send us some of your favorites. Uh, you can reach us on Instagram at Behind the Usher Station and also on Facebook. And, uh, or if you would like to send us an email, you can do that as well at Behind the Usher Station at gmail.com. Um, and at 
Usher Station Pod on Twitter. Also, I guess we'll be putting up a poll soon to see how many of you out there that aren't African American <laughs> know of and or watched Reading Rainbow. <laughs> I'm not saying that everybody, you know what? No. I'm going to stand by that. There's never been somebody who's, who's talked about Reading Rainbow to me that has been white or of Latin or Hispanic heritage. I just. But where can we find all you okay. lovely people? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stand by my comment now. I, I get it. Screw I got you. you. <laughs> Not you, Jerome. You're cool now. Jonathan? Um, you can find me at Jonathan. Sorry, I was looking for the Reading Rainbow theme song. <laughs> um, you can find me at Jonathan Keys. <laughs> and, it slaps. And Alex? <sighs> Good lord. And I'm uh, living my okayest life on uh, Instagram, which honestly, at this point, the, the amount of times I say it, I should just change my Instagram name to Good Lord. <laughs> but then that might be a more of a religious thing. And unlike our last episode, I am not having the little children, the little Christian children. Uh- That might be copyrighted. You might not be able to play that. It's alright, as long as it's 30 seconds. Alright, cut it off. <laughs> alright, that's it. Have a um, good night, everybody. And you can find me at Not Jerome Rhett on Instagram, by the way. Uh, but yeah, have a good night. And or day. And or morning. Whenever you're watching. Whenever you're, whenever you're listening, you're listening this. to this. <laughs> that's an awkward ending. Just have a lovely time and stay safe out there. Remember, wash your hands. And uh, yes. keep healthy. Exactly. Uh, we don't know if the coronavirus at the time of... Uh, this is going to be like three weeks out. I'm just saying. Dude, like we they did that could find a cure no, tomorrow. Okay. We don't anyway, know. Anyway, have a good night. Stay, stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Or have a good morning or afternoon whenever you're listening to this. Okay. I think we established. We did that already. Okay. Now we're going in circles. Ranting. Yeah. All right. Bye. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> Why did you just wave at the mic? That's like not that? important. <laughs> bye. <laughs> you can do that when we start recording.